see what kind of notes we can hit on this on this pod. See how high we can go. Welcome, 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 welcome. Let's welcome. harmonize the welcomes. Welcome, 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 everybody. Right, just go. That was it. That was it. It's the pack five. <laughs> web.com podcast before points hit the board for 2022 and webex welcome aboard everybody we got the pack five preview we got a couple of sleeps and then points are hitting the boards those were some dramatic pauses. That's when you know we're really getting close <laughs> to, to points hitting the board. The more pauses, the closer yeah. we are to the season. <laughs> He's bringing the pauses. That welcome was so loud. I felt it in the middle of my head, like just <laughs> ear piercing. Yeah, that'll be a clipper. That one, uh, you pull this one, pull the file, and the bars will be shaved off on the top and bottom. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, but no, it's because I'm fucking pumped up, man. This is this is the time. I, it almost feels like, I don't know about you guys, D- does it feel like it snuck up on you a little bit this year? Yeah, very much so. I, I was kind of out of fantasy football for a while, and it's kind of, all of a sudden it was August, and now it's September, and it, it really did come come up quick. I feel like September 1st hits and it's like, holy shit, football is right here. And now mm-hmm. we're just a, a day away, a couple days away. It's I don't know what it is. It's like I there was so much anticipation leading up to the draft. I think everybody just like took a really deep breath after that. It was like, all right, it's July. Like, let's just calm down here. Like, we got stuff going on, whatever. And then the big five preview drops. And then you're starting to be like, oh, yeah, two weeks. We got points on the board. And now it's like two days. And it's like, wait a minute. It's WebEx. We're literally starting WebEx this week. The belt is on the line. Team of the decade is on the line. And we got a lot of really unpredictable teams that we're going to be talking about today in the pack five. The big five's fun. The big five's cool. There's some weird stuff happening over there. But it's not like the Pack Five, and that's why it's it's a good thing that we saved this one for last because there's gonna be some conversations had on this one about every single team in this conference, every single team. There are mm-hmm. ridiculous ranges of outcomes, storylines, what's gonna happen, and yeah, I'm just excited to get into it. Yeah, I was going through this a little bit right after the Big Five won. And my my hot take was that I think this is the most interesting a conference has ever been going into a season. Yeah, so much has changed. I mean, now I mean, really, it's just centers around Tim like becoming good finally, and then you've got already established teams like me and Dave, and now you got up and coming Riley, and then still Frazier. Like, it's just there's a lot going on. Yes. Yeah. yeah. John, I mean, every yeah, just get them all in there, all six. 
it's it is top to bottom. It's gonna be insane. So it took us ten years, baby, but the Pac Five is the conference heading into WebEx. It is the this is gonna be what we're watching. We got the pirate crew bombing everybody from the from the big ship out and sea over there in the big five, but then the pack five is something completely different. It is a, just an absolute free for all on the shoreline. The pack of wild barbarians. Yeah, better uh conference leadership over here, a lot more parody. Um yeah, I like what we're doing over here. Yeah, really good for the fans of the Pac Five. Mm-hmm. Really gonna put on a show, I think. Big T V deal incoming for the Pac Five. <laughs> good games every week. Yeah, it's big. They got, you know, Garrett Wilson, Batman negotiating to transition conferences for the get in on the big TV deal with ESPN. Yep. And you got those people who are like, I I remember when it actually was the pack five with only five teams. Mm -hmm. Yep. You know, I have 10. It took me way longer than it should have to like for that to like sink in. Like, oh, the big five. Wait a minute. There's not five teams anymore. We've this has been three years of this, but for some reason it just recently hit me like, oh, the conferences are still called five. But that's okay because the Big Ten has 28 teams now. Mm-hmm. Um, it's the in thing to do. It is. It is the very in thing to do. We're just keeping up with the times here in web. Um, let's dive right in to the pack five because like i said a lot to hit on here and because we're going in 2021 reverse order we're starting with the insulin pens so the tone the tone (laughs) is about to get set baby because the most enigmatic the most unpredictable wild card team of 2022 is kicking off the pack five preview starting with the best i i think tim is right there yep i'm going i'm laying it out there i'm on team tim for this this him versus dave battle with caleb i guess as well Um, oh caleb's now the afterthought (laughs) (laughs) okay well here, here let's let me lay it out so 2015 that was the last time that this happened because Tim was coming off of the infamous 2014 season. He's horrific. He's a very similar trajectory with this team. 2013, it's a playoff team. He's in the championship game. Then he's the worst team ever. And then he's back in the playoffs the next year. And then it's three years. And then he blows it up again. And then he's one of the worst. Te- and then he is the worst team ever again. Up and down and up and down. And now we make it to... Web X. And so that 2015 team that I that I reference, he went from last place war plus, obviously 2014, to fifth the following season. So will we see the insulin pens climb once again from position 10? That's where he was last year, four and ten team, tenth and war plus. Will we see him climb to that number five war plus? or even higher. It seems like Frage has already yep. uh, made his opinion known there. Yep, I think he's going to be higher as much shit as we gave him for the moves, which he did get quite a bit. They were always, every one of them was good for this year. I mean, there was questions about how long he can keep it up after this by how much picks he unloaded and how much older he got. 
he might have, I think, last his last run from the moment he made the moves with Odell in 2015 um, lasted like four years. I think this one could be even shorter before we may even see another another teardown. But you can't argue with how much better this 2022 team is just with all these moves. Um, even his bench looks real nice. He'll be getting Hopkins back after that suspension. Um, the defense is loaded as well. I think that might be right up there, top three, top two defense in the league. Um, yeah, I think I think he's my favorite for the Pack Five. Yeah, this team is like barely recognizable from what we saw the year before with all the moves he made. I mean, you add Zeke in there, Mike Evans, Devontae Adams, Tom Brady, Saquon Barkley. I mean. Like you said, for this year, I mean, this lineup is one of the best you'll see in the Pac-5. And then defensively, he's been working really hard. You know, where maybe the offense is getting a little older, the defense is still really young and really good. You got Micah Parsons, Jalen Phillips, Roquan, JOK, veteran presence in Bobby Wagner, Chin, Minka. I mean, pretty really good defense, like Frazier said, could be top three, uh, could be number one. And he's got depth all across the board, too. I mean... Brady, Kyler, and Hertz is a hell of a quarterback group. Um, and then you got Damian Pierce, his draft pick. All of a sudden, he's a starter there. So that really helps with the question marks around J.K. Dobbins. He's got Hopkins coming off suspension. And some interesting defensive guys still with that picked up Tay Crowder. He's got Trayvon Walker, who he drafted. So, yeah, this is uh, for this season, for sure, this team is looking like like a top dog. And obviously we're looking at 2022, but there is that question of like, what is the window for this insulin pens team look like? And we're saying, you know, it's, it looks to be like, it's going to be fairly short, but what's interesting about the team is that there are still some of the remnants of the, of the team that could have been with all the first round draft capital and the picks that he did make. I mean, we still have JK Dobbins as a complete question mark on this team, like you mentioned, Caleb, and also Damian Pierce. I mean, back-to-back seasons, he gets Amon Ra in the third round. Now he gets Pierce at the end of the second. And if Pierce is what, you know, everybody is thinking he's going to be, then that is two hell of a couple of picks in two years in the late second and third round. Um, that could provide some much-needed youth into this into this core of the team that he's built. But it is a very, very new-look team. Caleb, you you rattled them all off. That's five new starters, uh, five out of seven on the offensive side. It is a completely brand-new team. That's why when we look at what is he going to do in 2022, you have to completely throw out 2021. It, it's like it, it's sometimes it's hard when it's like we go into these previews and the team is, you know, it's four and tens. Like, how much can he really improve? No, no, this is not a growth year this was like a transplant like he's like i'm gonna take all these guys put them over here and make myself a pack five contender and that's exactly what he's done this is easily on paper on paper i'm gonna say it's the best team in the pack five yeah it is it's a really interesting mixture mixture of those young people that he said he still has in place and all of the picks that he hadn't made yet that he turned into old older players, older producing players, and it's going to be really interesting to watch how it plays out, how long he can make it last. Um, And specifically, can he last longer than the behemoth 
his biggest rival over there in the Big Five because that's that's the danger he put himself in is that window looks awfully similar to Dan's <laughs> over there. Yeah, not a not a good look if Tim does all his tearing down and rebuilding and bringing back up and <laughs> his dynasty lasts less than Dan's. So he does put that pressure on himself here. Mm-hmm. That's amazing when you say it like that. But he really has. I mean, he he has said this. Uh, it's no secret. Like it's WebEx. He wants it, and he wants it to be against Dan, like the defending champ, his biggest rival, a team formerly named after the fact that it was his biggest rival. I mean, there the history with these two teams. <laughs> is is amazing and to have this sort of a situation shaping up going into webex and uh you know obviously the insulin pen still still looking for title number one and you know they've had there's been some really really good teams over the course of the last 10 years but this is the team now this is the team that i think has the juice to do it and it's because he 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 made it that way he he funneled in everything he had to get this belt this year. The pens do absolutely nothing at 99%. It's always 100%. Rebuild, reconstruct, just always full gas, no breaks. It's also interesting looking forward. Like he doesn't have those firsts anymore, but he's still got, like, for a team that you think emptied the chamber, he's still got a full page of picks. Like, yeah. uh, just a one second next year, but a couple thirds and a fourth. And then in 2024, he's got five thirds, two seconds. I mean, he's still got quite a few, like their later picks, but enough where, you know, you'll have the depth. Uh, you know, you don't have to stay. You didn't, he didn't completely empty uh, the chamber with that. So I think that'll bode well for him moving forward as well, yeah. especially if he wants to make, needs to make smaller moves throughout the season. He has all these thirds to sort of negotiate his way to perfect his roster. Yeah, you see almost every year you can, if you have a bunch of those thirds, you can usually package two of them to plug like a hole in defense yeah. really rather easily. Yeah, 100%. And that's actually a really interesting point because most of these teams, you you look on their page and it's like, oh, you got a couple thirds, a couple fourths, whatever. Like, I mean, it's kind of amazing how much capital he's he held on to. And it's honestly a testament to how much he had <laughs> when he started yeah. because, <laughs> oh, my God, it's just crazy. He emptied out all the firsts, so he still has, you know, 25 picks in the next two years. But, um, yeah, yeah. Just to put a, a, a little bit of a number on this defense, too. I mean, last eight games, second half of 2021, 91.4 on the defense. So that's where he ended. And Dan was 94 per game. So he was right there over the course of the second half of the season. And he's made additional moves since that point. So that's another important angle to this, too, is the offense is completely brand new, you know, new look offense. The defense is elite. And it's going into the season at that sort of a level. So that's that's going to be huge as well. Um, web factor for the insulin pens. Fraish. I'm going to go with my boy Kyle Pitts. Mostly because we, with the with Travis Kelsey, kind of slowing down, getting a little bit older. Webb's kind of missing that, that full-on matchup nightmare um, tight end that can give you such a huge advantage at, at that position. Um, if Tim can get that type of player, if Kyle Pitts turns into what we're expecting him to be, um, that's an advantage at a position that no one else can match. We saw how important it was to mingle with Travis Kelsey um, through the years. He's 
is it me or is it you that said it's the most important part of this dynasty? That might have been me saying those things. <laughs> I agree with you. Okay. Yeah. Mingo said it's the most important part of this that sustained success. So I think if Kyle Pitts turns into that for Tim, um, this run might go longer than maybe what we're expecting. Yeah. A, a 21-year-old who put up 1,000 yards at tight end last year. And if he just were to score more touchdowns, like one touchdown in the year, that's got imp- you got to think that's improving, and that's yeah, it's a huge part to this team moving forward. Caleb, who's the I, factor? I'll roll with Damian Pierce. Um, I mean, the hype around this guy all off season, you know, he fell to the end of the second, and now he's a starting running back on a team that's probably not going to be good. But with with running backs depth, with these guys hard to come by, with Jake Hyde. J.K. Dobbins injury and, you know, guys like Saquon has held health issues. Zeke's getting old. Uh, Damian Pierce, this is like sort of a golden ticket. If he does seize that role, you know, score some touchdowns, it's going to be great for a team that was maybe sort of lacking depth and possibly a guy that's going to be injected into the starting lineup through through the remainder of the season. And another and a young player, like we said, a lot of these offensive players are on the older side. If Damian Pierce can come out and take that backfield uh, on fire, I think that's going to bode well for his future too. So it's it's good, big for this year and the future of this team. I mean, it's the the value spike of Pierce yeah. from middle of July, where he got him two eleven, and now he's going for first round picks in some leagues. I mean, it's like it's crazy that that he uh, he was there to reap the rewards of that. Similar, I mean, he's made some really nice savvy picks in the last couple of years. Shout out to Papoose navigating the later rounds of the draft. Um, I'm going to go with Saquon Barkley because this is his big ad. I, well, the, I mean, <laughs> he's got a few big ads, but <laughs> this was this was a move that I it felt to me like he it, it was sort of like a this is my move. Like nobody expects him to go out and get everybody. But like when he made this move, it was like, oh, okay, here we go. Like this is his moment. Uh, And yet Saquon has been a disappointment for everybody who has traded for him in web. I mean, that's that's to to put it bluntly. I mean, we've seen several teams go out now and go get this guy at, you know, huge prices and then end up moving him because he, it's not working out. If, Saquon is truly back and he can find his stride now on the insulin pens. Then, I mean, it's almost a, uh, a little bit of a reparation for the Todd Gurley trade once upon a time, <laughs> trading a struggling running back and, and getting a league winner out of it. And this is his moment to, to, to reap that benefit potentially if, if Saquon can be that guy. Wow. I never, I never connected the two of those, but the Saquon trade was my favorite trade that he made for sure. I mean, if he, if Saquon, I mean, this guy's been banged up. He had the knee injury. If he's old Saquon, he's still only 25. And Tim got him for 1.04 and his first, which ideally would be 11 or 12 um, this year and, and a second. And I think that would be a sick deal for a 25 year old running back. And never know, he could have a couple of girly years in him. Record predictions for the insulin pens. We're going to start things out here. We got a long gauntlet ahead of us to figure out exactly where this slots in. But what are you thinking, Frage? I got them right around 10 and 4. 
not quite as prolific as Dan's record over on the other end. I think his team is still pretty far off of Dan's, but that's more of a testament to Dan than him. And I think the tougher Pack 5 is going to pick up a few losses and prevent him from any type of 11 or 12 win season. So 10 and 4. I'm also rolling with 10 and 4. I'm also rolling with 10 and 4. So there it is. Unanimous double digits for the insulin pens. All right. Moving on. The Wait. Has Tim ever had a Pac-5 championship? I don't think he has. I have no. him for his first. No, he does not. That's a good Spoiler. point. Spoiler. Wow. And this is I told Tim, I was like, this is gonna be your year on the podcast. Like you're not gonna be turning off <laughs> on the podcast this year. I'm glad we could start out this way for him. Um but yeah, so the the Rebel Alliance next on the docket. So last year, five and nine, seven in war plus. Kind of an interesting little situation for the team. I mean, second last in the pack five. But we mentioned Kelvin, kind of that next team out, sixth war plus. Josh was seven. He was he was right there. So we kind of mentioned him in uh, probably at this point last year in the preview in the pack five as a sneaky team. He's got some upside at that point. He had Saquon and it looked like he was going to have, you know, this, this group of young talent around him. Um, and obviously we just got done talking about it. He, he ships off Saquon, but he, he gets cam Akers back. Uh, this is going to be a full season here of cam Akers, Deandre Swift. Um, and, uh, Isaiah, Pacheco, am I right? <laughs> oh, three-headed monster. Ooh. So, the Rebel Alliance. What are we thinking here? I'm reminiscing of last year when I just talked about that three-headed monster, and I remembered Saquon on this team, and then I was like, maybe I just love teams with Saquon on them all the time. <laughs> um, maybe I should make it mine. Um but yeah, last year I was looking at his scores across the board because it just felt like such a weird year for him. And I noticed a stretch from week three to week seven, which is not a small stretch. It's a five-game stretch where this team was averaging 213 points a game, which is Dan's team was averaged 219 on the year. That's right there. It's right there with that team. And that's not a small – I mean, it is a small sample, but it's not like a two-game sample. Um so, yeah, the, the pieces are there. He did a little bit of reshuffling. Um, he's still got some running backs here that I like. Cam Akers I'm a little bit more nervous on with how, how these Achilles things have gone, but still love love DeAndre Swift as RB1 for him. Um, it's it's still just such a weird team, though. And that's yeah, stop me if you've heard that one before. Rebel it Alliance, is. weird team. I mean, these running backs are really nice. Uh, Leonard Fournette as well is in the picture. And then, I don't know, I think it's these receivers. Like, I see Julio Jones and Jacoby Myers in the starting lineup, and it's, like, not ideal. And Brandon Cook's, like, very consistent, like, perennial wide receiver, too. It's, like, just lacking some firepower in the receiving department. And then defense is pretty solid. Cole Holcomb and Tremaine Edmonds are good. Antoine Winfield. But... See, outside of those running backs, it feels like it's lacking the firepower um, of a team that, in a, what looks like a really tough division, I think it might be tough to hold up with some of the teams we're talking about. I mean, that's what it comes down to for me, is like you're you're talking about a conference that is going to be so unforgiving this year. I mean, just top to bottom. And so 
I do like this team. I do. Like there is upside on this team for sure. Even the defense where, you know, it's we kind of last year this is this whole narrative of like, oh, it's pieced together and whatever. I mean, there's some sneaky upside on the defense, I think, this year. And Daniil Hunter's coming back. We'll see what mm-hmm. that looks like for this team. Um, and he was the seventh ranked offense last year. So, you know, right about league average, 108.9 there. Uh, it's just a question of kind of what is the ceiling for this team? I mean, it's mm-hmm. solid across the board, but like, what is the, what is the ceiling? And I think that is the limitation. It's also interesting. Like what, like what is the plan for this team? Cause the Saquon trade was interesting because it, it was a team that was set up to contend, ran into a little tough luck last year. We, I mentioned that stretch he had. And then he kind of fizzled down the stretch, lost his last six games, scoring was down again, and makes the Saquon deal, which, I mean, two firsts for a guy who's had injury issues or struggling, like you can't fault him for doing that, but it kind of left him in this weird spot where he has these some of these pieces in place, some of the rest of the team looks pretty mediocre. Um, and it's it's just like, what is the, like, where do you picture this team going in like the next like two to three years? Because it's, Trading Saquon and picking up a Jamison Williams type as the main piece, more of a speedster. We don't know for sure what kind of fantasy asset he's going to be. Um, it's just an interesting place that this team is in at the moment. Yeah, it's yeah. like in a spot where you could see, like, could Josh fully blow it up if things don't work out in his favor? Like, how is he going to, how, what's the plan to build this team when, you know, Leonard Fournette's getting older? Um, he's got the 2023 first, but it's Tim. So probably late in a couple seconds, like this, this team needs a lot of life injected to it. I think, like I said, at the receiving core and it's like, how are we going to go about that? And if this team's sitting at the trade deadline at like, I don't know, like with three wins, like, is he, is he going to blow it up completely? Just ride it out and see what happens. I'd be interested to, to see what he's thinking, um, when it comes to that mid season time. Yeah, and I I mean, I think there's also an understanding on the Rebels side of things where it's like that's the Saquon trade happens for a reason. I mean, he can sense what's going on. You know, there's a behemoth, as Frage said, over in the big five, and then there's a bunch of sharks swimming with him in the pack five. So he makes that Saquon trade as a sort of, you know, maybe cut your losses a little bit, pick up some draft capital. He gets his guy, Jamison Williams, uh, who, you know, there's no timetable on that return. So that's not really even a 2022 piece as it is. Mm-hmm. I think his eyes are kind of squarely on the future, and I think it won't take very long uh, before he is sort of testing the waters on, you know, oh, you want a Leonard Fournette? Uh, come and get him, you know, that type of thing. So... Um, I think that's probably what this season is going to end up being for the Rebels. But like I said, I mean, the team as it sits right now is strong enough to be, you know, to be a a thorn in the side, if you will, uh, for some of these teams. Yeah. And I don't even mind the kind of run the middle ground season from this team with where he was at. Like you mentioned, with just the landscape of the league. Josh didn't really have the ammo to kind of pay up to fix the holes like the wide receiver core to keep up with the Dan and Tim. So make a few little small moves, play the middle for a year and kind of reassess at the end of the year. You never know what types of deals could develop this year. So what does that mean then for his web factor, Caleb? 
Oh, shoot. I did not think ahead, but we never <laughs> do in this podcast. I am going to go with <laughs> Cam Akers. Um, Frazier mentioned it. There's some question marks around that Achilles, and this uh, is a player that Josh was a huge fan of and obviously was devastating when he lost him before the, or during the beginning of the season last year. Um, so I think if, if Cam Akers comes back full strength and looks really good and then you pair him up with Swift and Fournette, that makes him a much bigger threat to other Pac-5 teams in the rest of the league if he's got that three-headed monster going. If Cam Akers doesn't come back full strength and he's just sort of splitting carries, that's kind of a, a hole in the offense that he was really hoping to get big production out of. I'm going to go right over to his position mate, DeAndre Swift, because I think Swift is someone that could be prime for a true breakout. I mean, right now he's been he's 18th in PPR uh, 2020, 15th last year. I think he's the type of player with his running and receiving ability that could turn into that like top three, top two type of running back, the type of league winner with the pass catching ability that maybe not quite Christian McCaffrey, but that type of um, at positional advantage, I think that's possible for, Deand- for DeAndre Swift this year, and I think if that happens, it changes the dynamic of this team. It does, and it, it I mean, DeAndre Swift becomes a three-plus firsts kind of a player. Do you consider that? That's the question. I mean, so like that web factor a lot. I'm gonna go with Jamison Williams because we don't know, you know, when he's even going to play this year, but I think it's a really important moment for this team where he starts the process. He trades Saquon and he kind of sticks his neck out for this player. Um, And so let's see it. You know, it's a, it's a big, uh, big moment for this team to see, you know, can this be my wide receiver of the future alongside of Swift and, you know, potentially acres and some of the other guys that he younger guys that he has. Um, so I think, you know, Jameson's development is going to be really pivotal to this team and it's long-term, you know, health and where it goes from here. Um, so that's, that's one to watch this year for sure. I don't know if it's just the DeAndre Swift aspect of this team, but this feels like the Dan Campbell team of web. <laughs> Ritty. Yeah, so gritty, man. Is man every year. Guys, fucking former champion. Insulin pens can't say that. Roasted. Boom. Uh, Record predictions, though, for the Rebel Alliance. I'll go four and ten. I think scrappy year. I just I think with how tough the Pack Five is going to be, I just don't know if there's enough firepower to keep up. Um. I'm gonna go. I want to go. I want to go to six and eight. I think six and eight is right, kind of where I expect this team to be. I think he's just a few little pieces that are gonna pick up some wins for him. He's gonna have a tough go of it in the pack fight, but I think there's six wins out there for him. Yeah, and it's always dependent on what direction do you take it. You know, if it's week four and he starts selling the pieces, then it's a little bit of a different story. Um, but as it sits right now. I think there's definitely six wins in the team. I'm going to go four and ten because I think at some point this year it's going to be. Uh... <laughs> yeah, I thought you were agreeing with me. Yeah. No. Well, no, no, no. Let me finish. I'm saying I think he's going to make those trades this year. I think if he if he just decides I'm going to sit tight with this group, six wins. But 
I think Fournette's gone. I think some of these receivers are gone. I the writing's just on the wall. Mm-hmm. Four and ten, the same record I think the same that we team. said when he won the championship. Oh, was that actually? Do we, do we have I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure. That sounds pretty right. You're a stats guy in it. <laughs> Fucking four years ago, three years ago now. So it's you know, long history here. Hard to remember, but um, next up, pack five. Moving right along to another little fun team here. Herb, your enthusiasm. Last year, six and eight, ninth in war plus. And I'm fairly certain that we came on this show last year and said, Herb, your enthusiasm is one year away. So you tell me, was he one year away? I might be backtracking slightly <laughs> on how adamant. I'm pretty sure I remember being adamant that he was one year away. <laughs> I, uh, it could be. It could be. Um, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna commit myself to that take though. Um, but there's still. He could still be one year away. I might. I might commit to it. For Ten years year. down the line. One, one year away. One year. <laughs> one piece. One year. I mean, it's just like there's so many good names on this team, and I think we just need to see some guys really break out. Like Javante Williams sees that running back role, Michael Pittman take that next step. Like there's so many guys that could do it, but if they continue to put up the production they've been like having, it's like, yeah, this is a good team, but how are we going to take it to the next level? It's it's like a young like NBA team where it's like they're on the cusp. They're like they're good, good playoff team. Like you see all the pieces there, but do they know how to win yet? This I don't is know. A t- this is a team that is full of fantasy Twitter darlings. You yeah. notice that? <laughs> yeah. Literally, I mean, you're talking Javante Williams, Michael Pittman, Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis, Juju Smith-Schuster. All these guys, I feel like every day I'm scrolling Twitter and some random guy that appears on my timeline because fuck Twitter says, you got to draft this guy this year. This is my must-have this year. And Riley has like eight of those players. So when you you see stuff like that, it's like there's a lot of untapped upside in this team. The question is, Frage, and I like that analogy, this is almost like that young NBA roster that – looks really fun on paper and you want to say that they're going to be a top four seed and all that, but the reality always kind of hits you a little harder than you wanted it to. Those young guys are still a year away. And I think in this instance, the the offense has top five upside hundred percent. There is a top five offense somewhere in this collection of players. The question becomes, will it, will it happen? Will that upside materialize into results this season? And I think in a very difficult pack five, it's not going to, it's, it, he's going to be in a lot of difficult games and that's a lot of pressure to put on this unproven group of players. Yeah. Every time I look at the roster and I, I want to stay true to that take from last year, I want to call this team a true title contender for this year, but then you, like, am I ready to commit to that for a team with the RB1 Javante 
um, and wide receiver one, Michael Pittman. And I just can't quite get myself to say that that's a web X title contender. Yeah. And he has been doing a better job. I think the defense is improving. I know it's something he kind of sold out on in the beginning, but he adds Devin Lloyd, um, Bobby Okereke, Okariki, um, back from Josh. That's all switcheroo. He's got Josh Allen, Trey Hendrickson at pass rusher, and just picked up Kula Mack off waivers. So kind of a forgotten name. So he's starting to add those players on defense as well. Uh, and I mean, it's the, the bench looks really nice. I mean, Trey Lance, Kenneth Walker, AJ Dillon, Claypool, Elijah Moore, Gabe Davis. I mean, the list goes on. But it's just like we just need to see it. This team put it all together, and if it does, it could definitely be a dark horse in the Pack Five. Yeah, this is one of those where it's week seven, he's five and two, and we sit here saying, well, we knew he had it in him. I mean, it was there. We just, we needed to see it. And I I feel like that is a real scenario that could happen with this team because weirder things have happened in web. I mean, it's not always cut and dry. And this team has that sort of high ceiling where he could shock people coming out of the big five, the non-conference window, and suddenly it looks a little bit different for him. But yeah, I mean, I th- I think the defense, while well, he's kind of been adding some pieces here and there, there's still a little ways to go there. There's some upside now with, you know, draft picks, Aiden Hutchinson, Quay Walker, Devin Lloyd, he trades for. There, like, there's upside there, but again, kind of like the offense, it's just it's, we're, we need to see it out of these players. And if you have an entire roster, offense and defense, where I'm saying we need to see it, I'm just not ready to commit to that quite yet. Mm-hmm. Feels like every preseason up leading up to the season, there's at least one time where Caleb or you are like, Yeah, and he just picked up this guy in waivers, and I'm like, Who? Khalil <laughs> Mack? And I'm like, I did not even see that happen. I mean that that is the worst when I miss guys like that. Like I did not see Khalil Mack get dropped. That was Tim dropping him for Tay Crowder, who's gonna probably be the starting uh, linebacker. But it's also Khalil Mack. I mean, so yeah, a lot of a lot of talent over in Penn's line. They got some tough cuts to make. <laughs> That's yep. true. All right. Well, this is a fun one. Web factor for Herbier enthusiasm. Frage. Um. Hmm. I kind of want to go uh, Hollywood Brown just because I think this is a guy that could be on the verge of a another step forward with. Uh, being the wide receiver one for Kyler for at least the first six weeks, a chance to establish himself. Um, a guy that's been on this team for quite a quite a while. He feels like a true a true Herbie <laughs> enthusiasm player, which it's good Rare. for an expansion team. I mean, it has, pretty, yeah, uh, Hollywood's had his whole like arc, like player arc on this team. <laughs> like, remember the Twitter videos after he was like dropping passes? And he's like diamond hands, diamond hands. <laughs> Now it's maybe coming to fruition. So yeah, I think if uh, I think if Hollywood takes a step forward, and I mean, give this wide receiver group that has a lot of those guys that everyone likes, and have one of them take the true step forward, and it can be Hollywood. I think that would be huge for this team. Caleb, Mingo, you, you can go. Go ahead. You want me to go? Yeah, well, I'll go. I'll go. How about Michael Pittman? Because. Michael Pittman Jr. is, like I mentioned, a dynasty, well, not even dynasty, just a a fantasy Twitter darling. And I think that he is the kind of player that, like you said, Frazier, right now, seeing him as the wide receiver one on this team, like, eh, I don't know about it. 
I think he's the guy that has the potential in this group to to seize that to seize that spot. I mean, I could see uh, the by the end of this season, we're looking at Michael Pittman like that sort of a guy. And uh, that's, I mean, a lot of the success of, you know, what I would envision would be success this year would hinge on the fact that Michael Pittman becomes a top 10 uh, wide receiver this season. So definitely a guy in this very, very crowded wide receiver room to watch closely this year. Yeah, definitely a breakout candidate there. Um, I am going to go with Javante Williams. So uh, last year finished as as RB17. Looked really good, but just never could like take over the backfield. Melvin Gordon still still playing along there. And it's going to be interesting to see. It's going to be big to see whether he can get a bigger workload. Because if he does, he, he probably ascends into that, you know, top 12 running back territory if he takes that next step. But if not, you know, you're kind of stuck with another year of not quite seeing the potential out of a guy that Riley saw, thought so highly of. You know, it was a run, young running back. Uh, moving down to get him instead of Najee. Like, um, you know, he always makes fun of Najee for his age, but if you have two years of RB2 out of Javante Williams, who really cares? So, uh, <laughs> but uh, yeah, definitely a big factor with this running back room that's, you know, sort of trying to improve. He brought in Ken Walker, Elijah Mitchell. We don't know if he'll be back to that AJ Dillon. So I think if getting Javante Williams up to that next level would be a great start for this team. Record predictions for Herb, your enthusiasm. I'll start seven and seven. I'm going to yeah. plug them right in the middle, man, because I don't know. <laughs> they could go one of two ways, and I'm going to say seven and seven. I'm going to go go right with seven and seven as well, I think. I mean, this team is just flush with value right now, and I think it's going to be – I mean, we said this was going to be last year, but – Next year is <laughs> the year. Um, yeah, where all that yeah, all that value is going to transition into production. But I think he's got one more, one more kind of transition year away yet. Yeah, I think we're on the same. I've got seven and seven too. Same page here. Um, I think for the betters out there, this would be a trendy like dark horse playoff pick for that fifth seed. If you really want to get get on some, you know, odds that could make a make a big payday, but. Uh, I think seven seven sort of the realistic option here. If the sports book was alive, man, this yeah. would be the team. A, this would be the team. On them. Yeah, rip the half. sports book. All right. Well, how about David Wilson, Batman? Ooh. So I think we're. <laughs> I, forgive me here, but I think we're kind of alternating so far. We get high upside or you know, pack five winner, and then. Uh, Josh is going to take a step back. And then, oh, Herb, your enthusiasm. He's got all this upside. Fresh, what do you think about your team heading into this season? Because I know what I think about it. But what do you think about it? What do I think about it? I think it's uh, it's a we're, – we're right with – we're like a year behind Riley, so next year <laughs> might be our year. But <laughs> 2024 is our year. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of, I think the rebuild's gone really well so far. I got a lot of pieces in place that I like, but, um, definitely still devoid of talent at the running back position, the most important position there. But 
everywhere else i like how it's it's coming along gonna be an interesting year where i've kind of sold off the people i wanted to sell off and i kind of have my building blocks in place and kind of going into this year seeing who who do i who can i get rid of who can i maybe turn into picks what who is a future piece that's going to be more the the vision of this year in my in my mind I feel like you're the opposite of Josh in my mind, where it's like Josh has all these running backs, but I'm a receiver. I'm just like, eh, I'm not really seeing it. And with you, it's like Jamar Chase, DJ Moore, Rashad Bateman. But then you look at the running backs, it's Rashad Penny, JD McKissick. Those are yeah, my guys. So, That's it. Those are my guys. <laughs> you brought in Isaiah Spiller and Tyler Algier, so maybe something will happen there. But it's like kind of the opposite of Josh, where it's like there's names in the receiving position. Uh, you, you added a lot of names in the draft, um, but yeah, it might be a year away from the year away. Yeah, I mean, listen, this team—if if we're talking about a six-team conference, right—and we we have two teams left, we already know what's coming with those conversations. So, if, if in that case, like this is projecting to be probably one of the two bottom teams in the Pac-5. But when you look at this team, man, uh, Jamar Chase. Rashad Bateman, I mean, there's there's talent on this roster, like serious talent. And so that's why I think this year is definitely going to be kind of like you're saying, it's just an interesting season, kind of navigating, figuring out how to kind of get yourself positioned for that jumping point, that springboard of next season. Um, and the one thing that you have that I, I don't think Josh does, and maybe maybe it's DeAndre Swift. It very well could be DeAndre Swift. But you have a premier dynasty asset sitting in your on your offense right now in Jamar Chase. And that that adds a little bit of a sheen to any team. So you got that and you got some pieces around it. And you know, this is gonna be a, a still a transitional season, but there there's certainly pieces in place. I mean, you ended last season, second half, one sixty six point two. It, it was very clear. You know, you had made some moves. Mike Williams is gone. Some other names are gone. I think that's what we're going to see this year. But there is optimism in that sort of a, you know, a statistically depressed season. There's also a world where Rashad Penny is a freak. There is. There JD is. JD McKissick is a RB 20, 30 to 36. <laughs> Listen, man, this team was seven and seven last year. <laughs> I mean, you can say that some of that came before the moves that you made, but if there's, I'm just saying, there's there's a situation for this team where it's scrappy. It's another scrappy, scrappy year for David Wilson, Batman. Mm-hmm. Web factor for this team. How does he do that? How does he be a scrappy team? Or maybe he doesn't want to be. Who's the guy who we're watching? Caleb? Um, yeah, there's a few names here. I am going to go with Rashad Bateman. Um, sort of didn't really see a whole lot year one. I know he was dealing with injuries and Lamar was hurt, so you just never really saw the, the connection between them. I think this year with both of them hopefully fully healthy, this is a guy who is, again, looking back at that trade, it was that three-team trade where Bateman, I mean, it was just a steal how he got him, and obviously looks like a building block of this team. He's a guy I'd definitely be keeping an eye on uh, to join the top ranks of like a Jamar Chase and maybe move ahead of DJ Moore on this offense. Um, I think he's got a lot of potential, and I know 
Frazier's really high on him, so I think Rashad Bateman's definitely one of the hopefully going to be one of the focal points for this team uh, in 2022. How about Chase Young? Hmm. Oh, yeah. Because this defense is in a, I mean, like the rest of the team, the defense is in a transitional phase. It loses its identity, its defensive player of the year, captain Roquan Smith. Who's going to fill that void? Well, there's one guy on the defense as it sits now that can do it, that has the potential to do it, and it's Chase Young. A little bit of a forgotten name. Picks him up off the torn ACL last year from the Moneymakers. If Chase Young can come back this season and be that dude, the dude that we wanted him to be, that we thought he could be, that made him a first-round pick as a defensive lineman in this league, then that is a huge step in the right direction, not only for the defense, but for the team as a whole. I love that pick. I love that we kept him kind of in the commissioner's corner on one of these squads because, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just his biggest fans here. He was getting double-teamed a lot last year. Triple-teamed, even. Triple-teamed. Um, so yeah, I love that pick. Um, hmm. Picking your own web factor on your on your own team is is difficult. It's a fun one. <laughs> uh, let's go with let's go with uh, Christian Watson. Yeah, there it Ooh. is. That's what I was gonna suggest. <laughs> what a saga that would be if if Christian Watson can seize the. Packers wide receiver one of the future this year. I mean, it may take a couple of years. It's kind of the nature of the team. But if he kind of shows out and shows that he has that potential, and I and he's on my team, I mean, I would I would just love the way that that all that all went. <laughs> oh, would you? Mm-hmm. Would that be fun? <laughs> it would be fun for me. Wide receiver four on this team. Packers wide <laughs> receiver one. Yeah, no, that's that's a big one. He very much flew, flew under the radar in the draft and uh, might be a steal. So, all right. Well, record predictions for David Wilson Batman. Caleb, what do you think? Uh, this is tough. Um, man, I think he's right around Josh, sort of. I'm going to go 3-11. and 11. I don't know. I mean, it's just really tough when you don't have any running backs. I mean, Rashad Penny could be good this year, uh, but if he gets hurt or something, then you're really like you're got some massive holes in the in the lineup. And Jamar Chase can help cover some of those up. Uh, you got DJ Moore and Bateman. Bateman, we still just got to see if he takes the next step. So I think it's going to be a, a, a battle of a year for you. But there, there's obviously the potential. And we've seen this be a scrappy team before, so I could definitely see some more wins. But that's where I'm at right now. Man, it's it's one of those things, man, where it's like Rebel Alliance. Is Does it look like a four-win team on paper? No. But every week there's going to be a winner and a loser. And there's a lot of good teams in this league. And we are already we already picked one Pac-5 team to have over double-digit wins. And we got a couple more big ones coming up. So in that situation, sometimes it just rolls a certain way and i think in this case i'm gonna go four and ten for david wilson batman i'm gonna go four and ten as well um just the scrap factor there's gonna be a few wins in there this team's always got them in them um but yeah this was always the the bottom out year as as planned last year um so i think it's gonna be that as far as record wise that i think four and ten is pretty fair oh boy oh boy how about 
the hottest and best team down the stretch. Everybody's favorite phrase from 2021, the reigning GM of the year. Caleb and the Keel Pros coming off of nine and five, but second in war plus. And how did he get there? Well, he was scorching down the stretch. Second half, 2021, averaged 225 points per game. More than the Pirate Crew averaged for the entirety of the season. Goes into Wild Card Weekend, the first ever in Webb, and suffers an incredibly disappointing loss at the hands of the moneymakers. So... What I am asking both of you, including the owner of the team, can this team pick up where it left off, shake off that playoff loss, and come back and be one of the best teams in Web in WebEx? This was a fascinating stretch of time for this team. I mean, the hot starting with the hot streak and then just fizzling out as fabulously as he did in the stretch. Um and then he had a really quiet offseason. There was just not a not a lot of big moves that are typical of this team. It looks very much the same as it did going into last year. Tweaked the bench a little bit, picked up some some second round picks that he liked this year. But other than that, not much moves from from Caleb over there. Stays status quo, watches Tim make all these big moves, try to take his his spots at the top of the pack five. Um and Hmm. To answer the question, I think he's right there again. I think we got a three-headed monster here at the top of the pack five. This team is its getting older. It's got some question marks. Um, Antonio Gibson in the RB2 spot. Looks like he caught a, a nice little break there with the uh, shooting. Of- <laughs> Let's not say it. <laughs> We can cut that. <laughs> I want to say anyone caught a break with a shooting. <laughs> <laughs> with the unfortunate. Yeah, there. With the Anybody unfortunate... listen to Camp Dynasty? I just fucking bitched about this. <laughs> with the unfortunate situation surrounding uh, <laughs> Brian Robinson. Um, so he looks like he should have a chance to regain his footing after this crazy offseason that he's had and um the receivers are interesting can like is keenan allen i is he gonna have the same type of year he's been having is he gonna take a step back is debo gonna be able to do that rb wide receiver hybrid role as effective as effectively as he did last year um but yeah the bunch of big pieces still here the team is intact it ended so hot i think he's He's right there for this year too. Yeah, it's it's weird. It's a weird season when you see the Keel Pros or whatever they're named, whatever the flavor of the month is, going into a new year with a very similar team as the last year. That's a different one. But the I mean, the proof is in the pudding. Why mess with it? You end the season as the best team in the league statistically. Carry it right into 2022. Why not give it a try? But, I mean, there, yeah, it's, it is it is going to come down to that 
you know, Debo Samuel playing at an MVP level last year. Very, very pivotal player for this team as a whole. He's got Josh Allen. He's got, you know, all the stars up and down here, Najee. But if Debo can do what he did last year again, then I think this team is is pretty can be pretty confident it's going to return to at least a you know he's not going to score two twenty five every week but he's this is going to be a good team. Yeah, uh, yeah, like you said, it's interesting rolling back with most of the same guys. Um, I do worry that you know that end of last year was kind of the peak, just you know because every everything went so right last year until the playoffs. Like, didn't suffer any, like, major injuries. You know, he had Debo having this amazing season. Everyone was just clicking. And I feel like it's going to be, you know, the question marks around Gibson, maybe Damian Harris. Like you mentioned, will Debo return to that? Can Keenan return to that? Deontay with a new quarterback? I don't know if it's just going to be 100% like it was last year. But obviously, you know, running back a lineup that was – dominant last year from a points perspective uh i think it should bode well i think you know it's tough when you see a team like tim get that much better and i don't really know what moves i could make to you know really try to improve i don't have a ton of ammo and i'm kind of sticking with the guys i got so uh yeah i'm happy with where the team's at i don't foresee any moves moves right moves right moves right now we're gonna try and run it back again this year you mentioned potentially hitting a peak. I can see a scenario where that definitely was the case. Like, and that goes that goes into saying you're not going to score 225 every week again. I think w- one thing here to to keep in mind also is like sexy regular season numbers don't win championships, and we and yeah. we saw that last year. So it's like. This team goes in as hot as you can possibly go into the postseason and loses first weekend. Doesn't even get to the final four. It doesn't need to look like that to be successful. And I think this season, even with a bit of regression from some of these players, the team is still strong enough where it's going to be in a position to make the postseason and to right those wrongs from last year. Maybe it won't look as dominating. We won't be sitting here on the podcast every week, gassing you up and being like, this is the team that takes down the pirate crew, but you're going to be right there. I'm pretty confident in saying that. Mm -hmm. And just because he, just because he said a peak, like you said, doesn't, doesn't mean championships aren't around the corner. I think even, before Mingo broke through that first time, there was there was talks. I mean, this team had been on the top for two or three years at that point, and there was talks that he hit his peak, and all of a sudden rattles off two, two in a row, um, and even one where it, he wasn't the best team in the regular season for one of those. So just never know. Exactly it, man. We've seen some really, really dominant teams not win a playoff game. <laughs> Not much less not win the title, just not even win a playoff game. So, mm-hmm. you know, play the season gets you there, but what matters is what you do from weeks 15 to 17. And I'm I'm confident that this team is in a position to to at least give it another try. So, how about a web factor for the Keel Pros? What's the guy who can get them over that hump? <sighs> mm. 
this is, these web factors have been so much harder in the pack five. I don't know why. <laughs> I don't know what it is. Um, <laughs> someone go. I, I, How about Antonio Gibson? There you go. <laughs> because a lot of a uh, lot of speculation. Two weeks ago, Big Five preview. I came on here and told uh, told everybody that Brian Robinson was my web factor for the money makers. Well, we know what happened. And, you know, it's a terrible situation, but from a football standpoint, Antonio's opportunity has returned and, and he has at least a few weeks now to show what he's got in that backfield. So if all this speculation in the off season about his role on the team and all this BS is, you know, exactly that only speculation. And now he's especially that he's going to be the default guy there. If he can come out hot, Secure that RB two spot, then smooth sailing. I got, I got one. Go right. ahead. I'm gonna go healthy George Kittle, because looking at George Kittle's uh, 2021, a lot of that coincided with with when this team was hot. I mean, weeks nine through 15, uh, or 14 more so. Um, were the weeks that George Kittle was out there creating that tight end advantage that I mentioned with Cal Pitts. And if we get a fully healthy season from George Kittle, hopefully building strength into the playoffs and continuing it through there, I mean, that's that's this team's uh, best player, I think, from a positional points advantage um, on a week-to-week basis. Yeah, that's a great point. I'm looking at weeks from 9 through 14. He was averaging a touchdown a game, and he had three games of over 100 yards receiving. So, yeah, he was definitely important down that stretch. If he could stay healthy, that'd be great. Um, I am going to go with Damian Harris. Um, this is a guy, honestly, I've been trying to dump for, like, the past eight months. Um I really only got him because... Don't listen I, to the podcast, what if, Damian. Yeah, what if you he, didn't mean what if it. He listens? What if his kids listen? Oh, my God. No, we, we have renewed faith. We, we Dad, went out to dinner. We talked mean? about it. He, 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 Are we going to be on the street? <laughs> Not dumb. Trade away. He, been, he wouldn't have been on the streets. He would have been probably over an insulin pen land because that was the only person who was really biting for Damian Harris. But... Looking back at last year, you know, he finished as pretty, not in PPR and RB1, but he scored, what, 15 touchdowns. You got to think regression might be coming, and everyone's talking about Ramondre Stevenson, but Damian Harris looked effective last year. And looking at my running back room, uh, Najee Gibson, who we already called the web factor, I traded away Miles Sanders. Um, so Damian Harris right now is in my flex spot, and if he can uh, prove to, you know, sort of run back the season he had last year, that bode really well for my running back room and for this offense because that flex spot could get weird if Damian Harris isn't effective. Record predictions for the Keel Pros. What are we thinking, Frazier? I'm going to go 9-5. and five. I'm also going to go 9-5. and five. I'm also going to go 9-5. and five. Oh, look at us. We're really synced on this one. We were all over the place <laughs> in the big five. Yeah. Look at us go. Well, that leaves only one. And Dirty Dave and the boys have had an exceptional run coming from the bottom and arriving 
as a pack five champion, a now perennial championship pick. But heading into WebEx, the championship and the belt have still eluded him. The insulin pens have now arrived on the scene in the pack five. And Frazier has already said that he believes that it is the insulin pens conference right now. So Caleb, your, your biggest conference rival, a team that you have met in week 14 on several occasions in huge games, you guys are carving out a little history together. What does 2022 have in store for Dirty Dave and the boys? I think it's got to be more of the same. I mean, again, sort of like with my team, you look at this lineup and he's pretty much running it all back. C-Mac, Eckler, Kamara, can we finally see them all healthy together? We've been waiting for years. It's like this myth, something we all... Just want to see a legend that we I want swear, to see. I swear, man, the three-headed monster. It, <laughs> I just saw there. it. It was there. But have we seen it? We haven't. And if we could get that, and now these guys are all another year older. Um, this might be the last chance we get to see that three-headed monster, if we're being honest. And you run with Cooper Cup, MVP, A.J. Brown, Terry McLaurin, Darren Waller. It's one of the best offenses in the league. Um so I think we're going to see a lot more of the same um, on a team that's starting to age. I think I don't think it's going to fall off a cliff, but anytime soon, maybe coming up soon. But this year, it's an, should be another really competitive year for Dirty Dave and the boys. The uh, the Tim loadup I think has created an environment where uh, an owner. A general manager like Dave will thrive because I have a feeling there's going to be, um, with just the way this team has gone through these years, I think this is going to be the disrespect year fully for Dirty Dave from most of the rest of the league. I mean, this is a team he's been on the top for two full years now. Um, teams are gunning for him. He hasn't proved it in the playoffs yet. I think this is the year that the the sports talk radio is going to be extra, extra um, going in on Dave this year, which has created the perfect environment for that first championship from a guy like Dave, because that's the type of environment where he's going to thrive. Man, I'm getting emotional. It's we're we're sitting here. We're we're on the edge, man. Webex is right here. We got one team left. We were. 12 teams in now to the to the preseason special previewing WebEx and how poetic that we get to conclude this with Dirty Dave and the boys because for two years since the beginning of the expansion era in Web, Dirty Dave has controlled the Pack 5 and it was a build up to that point. 2019, we go back in time and we think about where did he come from leading up to this run and that was the year where he's eight and six and it's heartbreak now we're heading into the third season and like caleb said this might be the last ride for this running back crew i mean wide receivers are young and ultra talented but 
The running backs are the lifeblood of this team, and we have yet to see an extended period of time where the three-headed monster is ravaging the Pac-5, and he still has back-to-back championships, Pac-5 championships. So let's see the three-headed monster this year, and I think that Dirty Dave will shock the world as the pirate crew is gunning for back-to-backs and the the title of team of the decade and the money makers want number three in the first 10 years and Caleb wants number one and all these teams are coming for it but the guy has been there all along and it's dirty Dave and I think this is the year hmm it it's been a it's been a ride. He had the McCaffrey twenty twenty, and then you got the Cooper Cup twenty twenty one. I mean, it has to come together for this team at some point fully to fully see what this team is capable of because it looked like it was a team capable of Dan twenty twenty one type numbers, and there is a world where it happens this year. And doing this all with. Drew Brees and Julian Edelman on the bench. I mean, it's getting to the point, like, if you look at their sleeper pictures, they're, like, getting really blurry. It's like they're sort of slowly getting phased out of time. The technology is yeah, advanced, it's advanced past. <laughs> <laughs> they are. Literally, if you look at them, they're... and I'm starting to wonder if one time they're just going to get so blurry that we lose they're them gone. forever. And you know Dave wants to bring it home while they're still on the team. If he decides to continue to go this road, and I know it would mean a lot. So this year might have to be it because I don't know how much longer these guys are going to be around on sleeper. You know, I hate I hate that they're for this type of general manager, just a work hard, earn earn your spot kind of guy. That there are two spots for people that have fully moved on. They're they're on to the next phase of their lives. And those are two spots that two players who are just battling to earn a living could have that they don't. They're on the streets. Their children are starving. Um, yeah. It's Listen, a shame. We <laughs> we gave them shit about this last year. And by God, we are coming back to the preview, to the preseason special, and they're still there. <laughs> and you know what? A year later... The fact that we have to sit here and do this, I respect the hell out of it. Go into WebEx. You stuck to your guns this long. Go into WebEx with these players and bring it fucking home because that's why they're on this team. They are on this team so that in January, Dave can stand up in front of a podium with a microphone in his hand and a belt on his shoulder and say, Drew, Julian, we fucking did it. That's why they're on this team. Now bring it fucking home. God, I'm Dave's got to be speech. Dave's got to be fired up right now. I can picture it. I've been waiting. I've been waiting for fucking two weeks. We're talking about twelve teams in Web. Every year has a story. Every single season in Web has a story attached to it, and there's always a team that it's like this is this team's year, and we thought that was Dave in 2020. But unfortunately, the moneymakers got in the way then, 
the unstoppable force got in the way last season. WebEx. Everybody's talking about everybody else. We're talking about Dan. We're talking about the insulin pens. This is the year. A little bit under the radar, but the core is the same. The pedigree remains. He's won 11 or more games in back-to-back seasons. He's going to do it again this year, and he's going to bring it home. Web factor. Dirty Dave and the boys. How does he get his first championship? If we're talking about how does he get his first championship, it's going to be on the back of Mr. Dirty. Not Dave, because that's him. Mr. Dirty. His, his first, uh, his first uh, assistant there, uh, Christian McCaffrey. Um, I, I mean, this this is the guy. This is the face of the team. This is the guy that if Dave's going to put up a season that can compete with Dan, bring the title home over Dan, it's got to be with CMC, and that means CMC's got to stay healthy. And I'm sick of the the Twitter stuff where every time CMC comes up, it's like, this guy ain't in anymore. Like, he's going to get hurt. What if he gets hurt? And my question is, what if he doesn't? What, what he an doesn't? interesting question it is. And if he doesn't, that's... That's 2020 CMC with the rest of this team. That's how it gets it done. Yeah, I, I'm going to go with A.J. Brown. Um, last year, finished as wide receiver 32. Uh, missed some times with injuries, battling some injuries. He's on a new team in Philadelphia. Don't really know what to expect. This was the guy, you know, he paid the premium for to add to this roster. And I don't know if he's really fell short, but he hasn't quite, you know, blown up like we expected. When he's healthy, he's good. If we can get a fully healthy A.J. Brown back to that sort of status where he was at the beginning of his career, um, I mean, that's a huge when you have Cooper Cup there, you have Terry McLaurin. If you get, like, prime A.J. Brown, this team is a problem. How about on the other side of the ball? How about Derwin James? Big offseason acquisition, huge storyline of 2021, and honestly might have been a crippling factor for this team. One of the reasons why we had to come on here every week and say, where is the extra gear in Dirty Dave and the boys? Well, the defense regressed big time uh, from the number one scoring defense to the number eight scoring defense last year. So he invested in it. He brings in Derwin James. He now we find out he probably loses Blake Martinez. Huge blow. But let's see Derwin return to his 2021 form where he was a defensive player of the year candidate. And alongside of some of his other rocks, Jordan Poyer, guys like that. Let's see this defense ascend a little bit. At least get get back into that top five. And with an offense that has top one potential top five would be good enough for this defense so i'm going with derwin record predictions for dirty dave and the boys oh i'm going nine and five again really yep damn i'm going on 11 and three i'm going 11 and three Three years in a row of 11-plus wins. Let's see it. Oh, uh, wow. I'm That was 
a lot of emotional investment went into that and now I'm spent, but, um, we have a short order of business to take care of yet. How about WebEx predictions? Mm. Playoff predictions, huh? Or just champion? Let's do championship game and winner. Okay. So I'm trying to go back. I'm rewinding. What records did I say <laughs> for people? They're I don't care. My head. Yeah. How about we just pick some teams? <laughs> Frazier, WebEx, championship game, and your WebEx champion. Um, I'm going Dan versus Tim. Wow. And, Damn. I mean, there was all this talk about Dave's run and how difficult this stretch has been since he's been competing. You know who's had a rough stretch? Tim. And you know how long that rough stretch has been? The whole time of web. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think an even better story than Dave winning would be Tim finally, after all this, all the sagas this team has been through, the old L years, um, the Zeke years, the the tear, the re-tear down, the rebuild back up. I think if he can take down his number one rival throughout all of this in the championship game when he spent all offseason chasing him, if he takes him down, I think it's one of the best web stories of all time. Absolutely. Oh, God, I'm so excited. Oh, my God. Oh, okay, Caleb, hit me with something. I have also got Dan in the championship game, and he is going to be going up against Dave. I think these are two best offenses in the league. I think Dan's going to have a edge on defense, and I'm giving Pirate Crew back-to-back championships. I'm rewinding in my head, and I'm realizing that based off the records that I predicted, Calvin's getting left out again. And it's the money makers and the Cube Pros and the Wild Card Weekend again. God damn! <laughs> so, um, I am going to say, God, man, that means a Dave Tim first round matchup. Jesus. Um, let's say, you know what? Never goes how you think it's going to go. How about Keel Pro over the Pirate Crew, 14-0, loses round one, and Dave over the Insulin Pens, Keel Pro oh. and Dave in the title game, and the Dirty Dave and the Boys bring it home, WebEx. How about that? Wow. And there it is. And now we wait. By the time this is hitting your eardrums, we will be one sleep away from the first day of the 2022 NFL season and the 2022 web season. So, wow. First of all, we made it, everybody. It's WebEx, the 10th year of web, high stakes, super unpredictable, pack five. We just ran through it. It's even crazier than I thought before we got into it. So, lot, lot we don't know and a lot of excitement to be had and we will be with you week in and week out starting next week to break it all down baby just like we always are 
and let's see it. Let's see what's who whose story gets told this year because there's some big ones on the docket. So thanks, fellas, for doing this with me. This was another three hours of preseason special. Wouldn't do it with anybody else. Hey, thank you. It's a pleasure as always. You're, it's, you're, it's a pleasure with you, Caleb. Pleasure. Good pleasure. <laughs> oh, geez. <laughs> it's getting hot in here. Uh, <laughs> all right. Well, happy week one, everybody. We'll see you on the other side. Let's make it a great week.